sower in the state's football. Here are your hosts, the Taco Slayer Jorge MLS card guy, Chris. Oh, welcome to the Sober in the States podcast. MLS starts in five days, y'all. And it feels like it's been a while, but we're here and things are different. Um, I think maybe not that different, but as always, Chris, the MLS card guy oh. here to talk about it. And on this super special episode to talk about all the things we need to bring on the professionals to figure out the true value of talent of these MLS players that we have. Harry Trades and Fedo. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah, very, very pleasant to be on and uh, really excited to talk about some footy, about the best league in the world, even if <laughs> people don't say that, but it is. And it's, <laughs> uh, you got to love the MLS. Like, oh, it, like, hey, listen, it's a true, it's a true D-Gen sickle league. It's perfect for so rare. It's perfect for all of us. We love it. We got Quinny in the chat. Wow, Here what a go. legend. Legends. Jay Vic in the house, as always. We're gonna get into it. We're gonna have some fun. On the surface, right? There's been a lot of there's been a lot of back and forth, a lot of confusion, a lot of I don't know what to do, what it is. Harry, you're a friend of the show. Everybody loves you. Everybody knows you. You've been you've been on before, right? Before before I kind of jumped on the mm-hmm. range. Yeah, I think I went on yeah, a couple times. Yeah, with Nashi, maybe. Yeah, a couple mm-hmm. times. And obviously, yeah. Chris. Yeah, yeah. Well. So in that case, I'm going to start off with Fedo, my main friend right here. Tell me about your gallery. Tell me about your MLS and why you love it so much. Brother, it's, uh, it's a long story, brother. So the first time I actually dipped my toes into the MLS was because of Sora. And thanks to Sora, I'm probably the biggest MLS sicko in Europe. Probably, like not even lying. <laughs> uh, and and uh, it's just absolutely amazing. And I fell in love with the competitiveness of this league like not because they're all good but they're all same shit so it's it's like playing Paris. everybody can win the game that's just what i love it and especially if you look if you're used to like bundesliga premier league and Serie A, which i normally mm-hmm. watch it's it, it gets really refreshing that they have a philly against new york city which on paper should be equal and it's gonna be a madness of a mm-hmm. game and uh, it's just nicer to watch and i found it more funny and more entertaining than for example watching uh Juventus play a Sassuolo at home. That's just a boring game. So uh, I love uh, that's why I fell in love with the MLS. And then I fell in love with so many players whose cards I have. And <laughs> and it's crazy, man. I, I ordered the, I didn't know that. I wouldn't have done that if I would have known. Um, I have an authentic Tati Castellanos oh. uh, New York <laughs> City shirt nice. still. Oh. And um, yeah, I back. paid that. Yeah, I paid that, I think, uh, $280, $280 because it's the authentic and blah, blah, blah. So your cri- your prices are crazy over there in the U.S. <laughs> it's like, the worst. And then on top Only of that... It's getting worse, too. <laughs> it's getting worse, brother. And on top of that, Someone's I didn't know that. I had to pay p- customs. So this is by far the most expensive shirt I ever bought in my life. So I, f- I had to pay like another 200 pounds on customs on top of it. So that's like 500 pounds, uh, $500. So let, let me that. ask you this. Was it yeah. worth it? Was it yes, worth it? it was worth it. 100% was, I, worth it. I love Tati. Tati and especially, especially this orange jersey from New York City is like mm. so cool. I love that. That's, that's someone with like, like the so... blue, the blue kind of like lightning bolt exactly. or something like that yeah exactly the orange one with the blue lightning bolt. yeah with the tati authentic one and yeah one day i will meet tati and he has to sign it so that's that's <laughs> the goal 
So I love that you mentioned that MLS is like this crazy league where like any week anything can happen. Same kind of applies year to year, right? So like Cincinnati yes. was obviously very good last year. Um, Austin was not very good last year. Who's to say Austin doesn't finish higher than Cincinnati this year? Um, it's a it's a crazy thing where, you know, I mean, you have your Bayer Leverkusen's every once in a while, your Gironos pop up every once in a while, but on the whole, Bayern Munich, PSG, those those teams are gonna are gonna really dominate over there. Exactly. So who's the who's the breakout team? And I want one from each of you guys. Who's the breakout team this year that was not higher than you know didn't host a playoff game last year? Let's say so, like fifth or lower. Who's gonna finish the highest this year? Let me look at the table for like, from last like year. My two breakout teams, I think. Uh, Dallas played playoffs. I know that. I don't know if Galaxy played playoffs, but I'm no. quite nope. not sure exactly. They didn't. So I would say both from the West, but I think Dallas and Galaxy are going to have a good season. I, I had a long talk with a good friend of ours, Nashi, uh, about Galaxy, and uh, we He's both sold. agree based. <laughs> yeah. He's sold on Galaxy. He's sold yeah. on Galaxy, but we both agree that the first five to six games, they will probably suck and lose all five games, and then they will get into the groove. And uh, yeah, the other one in the East I like the most, which I, has the most potential underdog. I'm a bit biased as well. Is could be New York City because I just love Julian Fernandez and I think he's so good. He's gonna be so crucial to this game. And I like Matt Freeze and Thiago Martins. They give stability to the whole defense. I saw that in the last games of last year. That was a completely different uh, uh, New York City. I hate Nick Cushing though. He's <laughs> so bad they really need a new coach and then I think they have uh, quite good talent I'm excited to see the Serbian kid I don't know why he came so late to, to, to the party but I'm actually excited to see him he's supposed to be very good like uh, lots of big big tier names wanted to have him Bayer Leverkusen really really wanted to have him Bayern Munich as well I know that as a fact, because I know people working there. So um, I'm excited to see how he's going to do in, in the MLS. I think it could be great for him. We just need to to check what's going on in the MLS at the moment, because I think the MLS is a perfect league for transitioning to a better league and to show what you're able to do, especially for like young players like Almada, also Jesus Ferreira. I'm not, I don't think Jesus Ferreira will ever leave, but Almada... <laughs> Alvaro, Bar Alvaro Barreal or whatever, because you give sometimes you give them so much more space than in a in a in a league like Serie A or Premier League. In Bundesliga, you also have space, but um, and there they can really show the talent, and that's that's what I love as well. Uh, but we have to be attention because in somehow like Almada is still at Atlanta. I I can't understand that. Like yeah, no one again. <laughs> yeah, that, same as Faku, same as Faku, but I think Faku now starts to get in the in the on the route of Jesus that he's gonna stay at Orlando for the next four years. Basically, life is too good, man. Man, you you earn good money. You earn good money. You live in the states. You you play football six months a year. You have and the big... only people that are paid are the attackers. The defenders exactly. all suck. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you get to live next to Disney yeah. World. Come yeah. on. Yeah, it's man, great. and you can go to the Caribbean every every weekend. You can go hop down to Trinidad or Jamaica or whatever and party, basically. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to find the the striker for NYCFC. I don't know his name. Oh, uh, Bakrar. 
Yeah, yeah. He was a, he's a Serbian. Um, yeah, Tom Bogert was talking about him. I was literally just watching a video last night. He was like, this guy could be – he's going through like top, you know, wonder kids or whatever. He's mm. like, this dude could be like the best player in this league potentially. Um, so we'll have to see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, no I'm chance. also like – no like, He's stiff. He's really stiff. I think NYCFC yeah. got better. But yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think Bakrarda has anything to do with that whatsoever. No, no, no. I no, I, see it. Yeah, I thought they were getting another Vuk- nine in. Yeah, yeah there's it, another nine, it, right? His name is Milos Vikucevic or something like that. Yeah, uh, they, the, the they, new they, one they, that they yeah, not even on transfer market. I just looked. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. oh, it's fresh, fresh. It's like yeah, oh, it's yeah, a fresh yeah. one. It's not back. Yeah, Bakrarda was obviously last year, but like yeah, I don't know if I don't I'm think... not having him. From what I watched, I, I'm not. No, they they paid like eight million for him or something. Yeah, it's oh the, yeah, it's new. It's for the new, yeah. new, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the guy. That's the guy. Not Bakara. Bakara. I, I don't think he's even Serbian. Bakara is, should be Algerian. Algerian, yeah. Playing in Croatia yeah. for yeah, for, for Istra. Uh, Istra, yeah, yeah. Istra. Hmm. I knew that. Obviously, yeah, I watch I mean, NYCFC all the time. Uh, <laughs> Harry, who do who do you have on a uh, who do you have on your radar for this season? I mean, I'm going to be a bit biased because I do have a stake in this player and, and, and kind of this team in that sense, even prior to this new player coming in. But that's New York Red Bulls, man. I just think this Forsberg acquisition, Ooh. man, I, <laughs> I just don't think you can overlook it. Like, have you, have you been seeing it? I know it's preseason, pre-season but the guy is, is ripping it up. <laughs> and like, you know, when you got a player like that in a team that like hasn't had like that 10 slash 8, whatever we want to call him, like a drift inside winger, in their team for a while, I know uh, Lewis Morgan did a bit at one point and then like fell off the face of the earth. You know, he might be coming he back, whatever. Yeah, Luquinos was decent at a point, but like they've never had like a guy, you know, like a serious Carlos Seal yeah, since Aaron Long, guy. <laughs> since Thierry you know? Henry. <laughs> yeah, since yeah, literally, since <laughs> literally, Thierry. like, like actually. And I think, yeah, he's only 32. Like, it's not as if we're talking about like a 35 year old Forsberg. Like, I'm not saying he's, you know, still in his prime. You could argue as far as like what he could bring over to the MLS, um, like just technically, I just think he's just going to rip it up. And like I've been seeing in, uh, in preseason, like we just mentioned, Manuel and, and Goma, they've been like scoring crazy goals. And like he's just he's just giving people like goals on the plate, basically, and like walking yeah. the ball into the net. I'm not saying he's going to be messy type of levels, but like he is like an elite. He was like an elite European footballer. I know they don't always work out and there's like a first season syndrome and you know, we can get into all those stereotypes and stuff, but I think he breaks that personally. I, I just don't see how everything goes through him because they, they literally don't have a leader in that sense as far as like a European guy coming over and being like, okay, I'm the guy. They've missed that for the last few years. So I think he's going to like elevate him to, to new heights. And they still have Van Zier who could Good maybe striker. do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If he and maybe Forsberg unlocks him, right? Maybe Forsberg <laughs> is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> You know, sometimes I mean, people I... speak too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he looks good though. Vanzia was good in Belgium league, so I'd love to think he, you know, real one like a real season under his belt with like a proper sort of supplier. Like he had like your Teddy Twemers or however we're going to pronounce it um, at USG at the time, and like did did uh, New York really have anyone to like really supply him? If we're being honest, probably not. Nope. No matter how good of a nine you are, you need supply. It's as simple as that. Yeah, no, that's unless you're Tati. <laughs> so just four against Real Madrid, no problem. Whatever. I mean, yeah, <laughs> easy money. No yeah. sweat. This man. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I'm Crazy. not really big on anyone else. Like on the surface of it, like I do. Obviously, I'm always gonna have a soft spot for Dallas. 
Um, I, I don't know if they really, yeah, I, I can't see him really challenging too, too much. No, um, what's his name? Velasco, obviously, is going to be a massive miss. And, you know, Ferreira can, can kind of do what he, you know, he, he should be able to do. But, like, massive signing in Peter Musa, that is huge. Like, for somebody, for Ferreira to give the ball to, because we know Ferreira's not a nine, if we're being honest. Right. He might be an MLS nine on false most nine. games. He's a false nine, yeah. Like, but he is a 10, realistically, I would say. And, like, having to be, like, being behind a Peter Musa, he's going to, you know, allow you so much space. And those runs in behind, like, he's, like, built like Haaland in a weird way. You know? Like, I'm not saying he's, like, a Haaland, like, as good as Haaland, obviously. But that type of, like, six foot three, six foot four, really athletic, can score goals. He's, like, a 10 million pound European player we're talking about here. I don't know where Chris went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey man, he, was best, he was the best yeah. figure striker till... He was, till, wasn't he? Yeah. Till winter, yeah. He, he was. He's a decent player. He played Croatian national team, I think. He got. He he got uh, basically called up, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, he, Musa's pretty good. I have I have some hopes on Dallas if they get to the playoffs and play good in a way, because I think in September Velasco is gonna be back, something like that. So Hopefully. Jesus Ferreira, Velasco, and Musa that could do some damage, like for real. That could mm -hmm. really do some damage. But Don't forget about Paul Ariola. Paul Ariola. <laughs> he's, he's now there too. He'll eventually do something. Ilaramendi, I think, was a big signing for them. I think they they he brought them stability. I, I really he's not doing any much on Sora that he's not an important Sora player. But like for the for the presence in real life, Ilaramendi was one of the best signings Dallas had the last three years, I think. So man, Ilaramendi he played for Real Madrid one day. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> big player. I do worry defensively though. I think they have a great keeper in um Pais, I hope, yeah, Pais, Martin yeah. Pais, isn't it? But like crazy that he plays for Indonesia. Did you know that? What? He's the an goalie? Indonesian national keeper, Martin Pais. No yes. way. He's Dutch, it's... no? Yeah, and they no, have Tafari he... too. Yeah. What? They actually kind no, of no, brother. a little bit. Yes, Martin Pais is the Indonesian national goalkeeper. Really? I was shocked as well. What? Are you yeah. serious? I'm serious. Well, I'm not seeing any Indonesian games here. I can't tell if Chris is frozen or just just kind of just hanging out. Chris, are you with us? I think he's frozen. This, this is what happens <laughs> when you try. This is what happens when you try to wake him up early in the morning. It just doesn't work out. His computer doesn't work out. Um. Yeah. No, dude. Those are incredible shouts. One team that I'm actually excited about that no one's talking mm -hmm. about is cool. uh, Montreal, because. They they got they got the head coach from Crew Two under Wilfred Nance. Like he's he's gonna run the same system, do all this stuff, and like they're slowly building. I mean, maybe not Huan <laughs> that's in Montreal right now, but they signed Kokoro. I mean, they have Bryce Duke, they have Chouanier, who has been up in the come up too. I think Montreal is one of those sneaky players that if they can find that form that they had with Nance and then bring it back, um, I think they could be a sneaky little team. They're a fun young team that they have really nothing mm. to lose. So Who's going to stop him from really going out there and uh, putting it all on the pitch? I you think know, a poker could be... shot, to be honest. Yeah. Orlando? Like if, I mean, if, if, if Muriel the doesn't. If the fuck with Muriel thing works, why not? And he's, he's back. Gone. Oh, he's he's back. Gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's hey, gone. and, and Javik brings it up. It's Joseph Martinez season. Does anybody. Is it though? Is it though? <laughs> Does anybody think Joseph that Joseph is no. going to make anything happen on this? Uh... Nah, it's one last big payday, isn't it, in the MLS for him, surely? He's not even a DP, though, is he? So maybe it's not even that big of a, a payday. No, he wasn't. I mean, 
He wasn't at Inter as well, at Inter Miami. He wasn't a DP, I think. He got right, down okay, too. fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I think Trippin says it best that uh, Joseph is dust. And yeah, I mean, I he's he's behind a Poku. I mean, they signed a new nine. He's literally there for stability and rotation, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially... But yeah... Oh, go ahead. I think, uh, sorry, I think a Poku wants to show himself and really do show what he's capable of doing so that he can actually get a move to to europe i think that's what he's going up to so i think yeah as you as you say jorge i think Popu's gonna be the starter and then jose martinez it's not the worst if you can bring jose martinez for the last 30 minutes even if he's dust at the moment mm-hmm. you know for mls that's good he's gonna be yeah, a really is. is what he's gonna be <laughs> and chris are, are you back with us I don't know. I hope so. I don't know. I purposely kicked him out because he's been, so, he's been anti-Montreal. Happen. He's been anti-Montreal mm. every time I bring him up. So I kicked yeah. him out purposely. <laughs> I don't like Montreal. Really, <laughs> all, those, all those Canadian teams. Who who Who's your team? Who's your team? And Trippin's here, who's, so you have to say Who's Charlotte. my team? So, oh, well, it's not Charlotte. That's for sure. Although I do <laughs> like that the 15-year-old kid they have. I'm really excited about Oh, the him. new kid. Yeah. Yeah, the new kid. He's. I mean, he's not going to play this year, but I like him a he's lot. He's good. Um, I think NYCFC is a really good shout. To be fair, they made a lot of upgrades, and I think Fido hit it right on the head. It's a it's a coaching issue. I think at this point, um, if they can switch that out, I like their chances. To be fair, um, I don't know the East is so stacked, but I yes. really think Toronto is actually. Just don't call say me, it, Chris. Call me crazy. Call me Stop. crazy. Stop. Listen. There goes it's all the a, credibility. It's a John yeah, Herdman. Yeah. <laughs> it's a John Herdman factor, okay? It's a coaching factor. He That's took Canada one. from nowhere, from oblivion, to being in the World Cup for the first time in how long? 30 years. Um, and granted, he has Alfonso Davies and, and Jonathan David, but like he took guys like Jonathan Osorio, who are very good role players, and made them, you know, Mark Anthony yeah. Kay. Um, Mar- uh, Maxime Crupeau, like good players, and made them like internationally relevant, and like mm. was better than the U.S. and Mexico for large stretches of the last two years. So that's fair. He took a, a very good roster and made it great. He's now got Insigne, and I I get that Insigne did not have a good year, had a lot of injuries, didn't really care. The motivation's a factor. Like I get it. If this is going to work out, if John Herdman can turn their, you know focus correctly and, and actually get them playing. Insigne is still not old. We're talking about Forsberg. He's younger than Forsberg. Yeah, He's yeah, arguably yeah, Forsberg. A, a higher peak than Forsberg was in yes. Europe. So, like, they've still got Jonathan Osorio there. They got rid of Michael Bradley now. So, like, there's a lot of good young pieces there that they can work with as well. So, I get that Toronto was a joke last year. But, like, let's remember that this is the MLS. And this is the league where you go from last to first in one season. Um, and a lot of it Johnson. just off of that, you know, is decent keeper John Johnson, the undercare, yeah. decent striker. I like the undercare to be honest. Like, Could and be they've got good. their problems. I'm, I'm yeah. not saying that they're you know gonna win the league or anything like that. Um, but like playoff team, I I think they could definitely challenge in like a very deep Eastern Conference. I think they could challenge for a playoff spot. And I would not want to play Insigne in a playoff game if he actually wants to play. Like I just mm. don't want it. I don't want any yeah, of that. He could be unstoppable, couldn't he? Like, exactly. I, I think he, he's due like an unbelievable season, I think. Like, and, it was and even if they aren't well. that good, he is going to bang so rare scores. Look, look like, at his oh scores from last year. On so rare, no, they he's were crazy. still a god. Yeah. yeah. Like, and he's he played the card bad. You want. 
Yeah, he played exactly. bad last year too, and he had and that was nothing to work with. You know, like literally, yes. He, I think Bernadeschi was rubbish last year. Like, yeah. watching him, I didn't watch him live, but I watched games, and I just looked at him and thought, like, this is like a shad. I know he was never like that good, really. Like, he was always like a rotational player in Juve, if we're being honest. He was never right. like a solid star, right? But you still have to be an unbelievable, you know, player to do that. And like, he came to the MLS, and I was just a bit like, this guy just doesn't give a fuck. Sorry for the language, yeah, right. but he didn't like he, you know, the Italian, vape, you know, bro. style. Yeah, it's a bit like, you know, a bit laid back and like it's a paycheck. Yeah, of course it is. They're, they're on massive money there, but I think Insigne, I don't know. I, I think I, I think he, if yeah, if, I don't even think it's a contemplation thinking about you know either or with those two. It's, it's Insigne all day of the week if we're talking Sora, um, for sure. And like, yeah, like you said, yeah, coaching factor. It could be something going on. Mark Anthony K is a really good player, by the way. I think he's. I think he's really good. When when he's, he's in New on, New yeah. England, I think he's he's hard to like trying to play against him in midfield. Like and like he's so big and bangly and strong and wicked. Like technically, really good. Like you'd have a hard time playing against a player oh, like if, that. If, if he could hard. find that LAFC form again when he mm. was in that team, when like he was just like really dominant in the midfield, it, it would be sick. Uh, ABC trades brings up a good point. Um, has everybody forgot about Seattle? Because I was pretty down on him last year. Because like. It's not that they're bad, but they're just like they're just flat. Like they've they're, been this team for so they long. Changed. It's just just Seattle. Like nothing's really changed. Stagnant, um, isn't it? And I I think yeah, this there, there again goes back to the coaching slash management. Garth Lagerwey was such a big reason of why they were so good. He's in Atlanta now for the last two years, and I think that's why they have not adapted and they have not changed for the last two years. Um. So yeah, I. I actually think I'm I'm as low on Seattle as I think I've ever been, despite the fact that they were second last year. I could see them austening and just falling off the face of the earth, to be completely honest. Like I think they still got good pieces. Um, mm. Like Jao Paulo was still an elite defensive mid, which I think is a really underrated position in this league. Um, and like Jordan Morris, say what you will about him for the national team. As an MLS player, he's very solid. Yeah. Um, so they, they've still got pieces there. Um, but... They just, they're not bringing in that like fresh spark to like, you know, make anything creative. They did sign someone really good, though, I believe, from one of the South American leagues. Feda, uh, I think you know his name. Pedro de la name? Vega. Pedro yeah, de la Vega. De la Vega. He looks, like, it was like seven or eight million as well. Like, we're not talking like pennies here. Like, not that that means he has to come in and like will smash, but there's probably a good chance that that kid comes in and maybe, you know, helps him towards what Chris may be saying there. You know, that, that new spark, maybe a bit of flair. Um, and like, a bit of creativity. To be honest, I, I love Brian Schmetzer. I think he's a cool guy and I love hearing him talking or whatever. I just think it's like a bit the situation what Arsenal had with with Arsene Wenger. It's uh, thank mm. you for the memories, but it's time to go in a way. Mm. And yeah. because he's a, he's a lovely guy, I actually like him and he's he's a legend for Seattle. But I think he, his ideas of football is a bit antique and you can really see through those tactics he's always playing and he's always playing the same so he's never really changing the team in a way so that could be a bigger factor because if you look at the squad i think there's not a better squad in the east uh than seattle look when you have stefan fry in goal you have jama one of the best center backs in the league then you have next to him you have either reagan or nathan nathan was really good at san jose at some point before he injured himself left you have okay uh, who do you have left? Uh, Tolo, Nahu Tolo, yeah, and Nuhu, yeah, Tolo. He plays for Cameroon, a starter, and right, right, you have Alex Rodan, 
not the best guy. I don't love him, but he's not the worst. And then he's you nice. have the he has moments exactly. And then you have you have an as a assist eight and six. You basically have Joe Paulo, as Chris said, amazing guy. He played for Botafago before. And next to him, Atencio, which a lot of people overlook, in my opinion. Like a lot of people gave way too much hype to Obed Vargas because he was so young. Obed Vargas is not a bad player. I think Atencio is a better player, though, in, in terms of football mm-hmm. skills. So that's a freaking good center, center midfield or whatever. On the left, you're going to have Pedro de la Vega. Good, good player. I haven't seen too much. I have probably seen like two, three games, so I can't really judge for, for sure. But he's a good player. He's he he shows some potential. On the ten, you have Ruzi, and on the right, you have Christian Rodan. And then, as Chris said, in at striker position, you have Jordan Morris. On paper, after Inter Miami, that should be the best sec- second best uh, MLS team. But as I said before, I think just Brian Schmetzer is a bit too old fashioned for this team, in my way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if Morris is a proper nine. No, like, I think not. there's he's a, a left, lot of guys. Winger, isn't he? There's a lot of guys playing out of position. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but, but he can do that. Saskian. He can do that. He can do that, brother. And Morris can do that. The he problem is he, he won't play as a as a left wing anymore because you have Pedro de la Vega who's gonna play there and right. Leo Chu who's good for thirty minutes at the in the last thirty minutes. That's a perfect uh, amount of uh, dynamic and power you can bring for the last thirty minutes. But it's it's. I agree with you. He's a he's a born winger, left wing. That's where he's the best. Yeah. But especially if you have Raúl Ruiz Díaz, that on talent wise is one of the greatest we ever saw in MLS. But unfortunately, he's always injured. So um, Just, you have to. He likes he likes a little drink as well. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> yes. The Peruvians, man, you got to watch out. We're, we're just talking about <laughs> Joseph Martinez, right? Like, ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> this ain't 2018 uh, anymore. Like these yeah. guys are. These no, guys but. Are uh, and, and here's my other thing. Hold on one second. With with Seattle, um, do they have any depth like outside of yes, Obed do. Vargas on, on the Masovsky. bench? Like Danny Masovsky, that doesn't instill MLS workhorse. In me. MLS quick, journeyman. Yeah, he can run. He can run. He can do it. <laughs> hey, do production it. off the bench is great. But no, yeah. it, it, I was thinking about this and staying with Seattle. If you look back at the beginning of last season when Jordan Morris went like a tear, had like seven goals very early on, it was him and Leo Chu linking up. Like Morris at the top because Rui Diaz had gotten hurt and like Chu on the left. So if you're talking, you upgrade Chu to put Vega up there. And then if him him and Jordan Morris can link up and Jordan Morris can stay healthy, that actually might be sneaky dangerous in a world where we've all probably been burned by Jordan Morris too many times and we're just like over it at this point. Especially me, where I'm like, I have no faith in Jordan Morris anymore. Or like it could actually work so, nice. The, the I think key the, piece that you guys are missing is actually Christian Roldan. Yeah, I, he was I, I, out just, for large stretches yeah. of the of the season. They he's were terrible. the best player. Yeah, he's, he's the best. Probably, he's the best player. He links everything together, and he can play a lot of the different positions. Christian so he can make that depth for them. And he came back at the end of the year and was and was much better. And that's a lot of the reason why Seattle was much better at the end of the year. It's like I, I think Roldan is actually. Roldan and, and Jao Paulo to me are the two like key pieces of this team. Yes, yeah, and Steph Fry. Oh, Steph Fry is superbly immense and important for Seattle. It's crazy that he he signed a contract for two years after he wanted to uh, to have a career end, but apparently he's fit enough. He 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 looks fit enough. Take that, Steph in Cleveland. I'm the better Stefan here, <laughs> uh, for sure, brother. Like I think Stefan Fry. 
is not the best goalie in the MLS. Andrew Blake is that for sure. But uh, on one on one, I would always keep uh, pick Stefan Fry. Always. This man has a mental strength. It's crazy. So let's get negative. Who do we think is going to drop from the standings? Nashville. <laughs> I want to like, I want to pound some teams there. Nashville. Yeah, just go first Why? and say Miami. Nashville. Yeah. Because I feel... Miami can't drop, man. They were 14th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no load to go. Miami That's fine. They can stay there then. I don't care. Stay man, at the bottom. I agree. The I agree. They even that. signed um, Redondo now, down. Federico. They signed Redondo now, man. It fell through yesterday. It fell through. It fell through. I was gonna yeah, say, yeah. They, have, they have salary cap issues. Like how they signed more people. You know, so, so upset that it fell rid through of for them. Just heartbreaking. So where is Redondo going? He's 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 staying at AJ, at uh, Gretins Juniors. Javix has Great. LAFC. Oh, could we get a little? Could you imagine LAFC just comes in? They're like, "Hey, Miami, you can't afford him. Don't worry, we'll take care of him." That would be a good <laughs> signing for LAFC, though. To be honest, like for real. Yeah, I mean, LAFC's building out. I know there were like some red flags early in the beginning, but uh, as they always somehow find a way, they just churn and burn that roster. And it's like, by the time the season comes around, you're like, oh, this team looks great. This is great. This is fine. Everything's fine. Um, do you guys, how, how do, you, do you see regression for LAFC with so much turnover? Or do you think they'll just, they'll figure it out like they always do? do the most important question is, do we think Vela's going to come back to LAFC or not? He better. I mean, at this point, we're like a week out, right? Like, yeah, he should. Like, what is he doing? What's the guy doing? Like, for real? Then he could have signed for Chivas at this at this stage, mm-hmm. you know? Or a club. The team America. looks nowhere near as good as last year, though. Like no. LAFC. If I look at their roster, like I'm on Sofa Score here. They have three forwards listed, <laughs> and one of them is obviously Boanga. The other one's Thomas Angelo or Angelo. I don't even know who that is. And Nathan Odaz from Mexico, um, who looks very young. But like, I mean, the thing is, goals. Can like paper over the cracks a lot of the time, right? If Buanga just smashes again, like you know, it gets you out of tricky situations. Whereas you might be losing one nil sometimes. That guy comes in and scores three. It's a three-one game. You know, it's just like it, goals change games. And like maybe again, like if he doesn't smash, they could be in trouble. Type of thing. You know, the reliance on him could be a bit um, too apparent. But like I look through their squad, man. Like Palacios, I know Fed is a massive fan of him. Him not being there, I know they've signed Campos and. He looks pretty good from them, you know. Um, was it like like Laguna? Santos. Santos, yeah, he was a yeah, Santos. Santos. So, like, you know, they, they've strengthened in or you know, maybe replaced, just maybe not say strengthened, but like, I, I don't know, they, they look thin to me from what I'm seeing here, like really thin. Very okay. Luris is a big one. I didn't, yeah, I didn't even look down. Yeah, they've obviously got a really good keeper, which helps. So, they've the got like is, a really good keeper, is a really good, good forward. Though? I mean, he should be nah. MLS good, no disrespect, right? He has to be. He's okay, he's surely. Fine. I. Is he going to do good getting peppered with shots, though? Because if, if we're good saying point. what we're saying about yeah. LAFC, like, they're going to be under a lot of pressure. And, like, law of That's averages, man. Like, Yeah, yeah. doesn't day... matter how good your goalie is at the end of the day. Sometimes it's how good our, it's how good your defense is for me. If the defense is allowing shots in, goalies are just going to concede goals. It doesn't matter how good they are, realistically. So, yeah, that's a good point. If we say that, yeah, maybe they're not great defensively, they, you know, take in a lot of shots or whatever, yeah, chances are law of averages. He's probably going to concede a couple of games, isn't he? But they'll probably score three or four as well if they've got Buanga on fire. Like it, it feels like they've got really strong, like, a really strong forward, a really strong keeper, let's say, and then everything in the middle feels a bit meh, you know. <laughs> the problem I have with the middle is Timothy Fillman, to be honest. I think he was, I think he has talent. I think he's actually a good player, but I don't know why he's not showing it on the pitch, to be honest. Um, as well, I, I watched. I have a YouTube channel. I watch pretty much that goes about food vlogs. 
and they are very good friends with Timothy Filman. And so they, they, when they went to, uh, to LA the last two weeks, basically they did everything with Timothy Filman. And this man is preseason, like the, the, the season starts in a week, and this man is eating chicken burgers, ice cream, and whatever, like doesn't give a shit about everything. And uh, that's just not professional. And uh, I thought he would have been better. I think he has the talent. I think he was very good at Bayern Munich in the youth. Uh, then he showed some 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 sparks at Kreuterfurt. That's why LAFC then also tried to sign him. I think he's going to have a good season as well because I think he has the talent. But I'm just a bit disappointed in him that he doesn't care enough and uh, it seems so unprofessional in a way. It's, it's crazy what this man was eating. Like, man, you're a professional athlete and in one week your freaking season is starting. You can't eat that shit. <laughs> I mean, it it, it kind of it kind of goes with it though, right? And like, yeah. it, I feel like I feel like we're starting to get we're in that middle pod where like there's old MLS that is still mm. like maybe retirement league cashing a check doing this stuff right here, and then there's like all this new wave of like, hey, we're bringing in talent, we're growing the league, and like there's still some of that mix because you see it, you almost see it, and you saw it this year. A lot of the signings, not only were they younger, but like just like the way they like um carry themselves and like the way they act on and off the pitch is completely different like they're bringing in personalities that are going to be better for the locker room not going like hey you're going to ball out do some cool things on the pitch but you're completely destroying the locker room and i think a lot of teams are starting to focus on that this year um and that's just one more step that the mls is going to take right yeah it's a tough it's a tough one and i think it's a clever you know the way they've done it now say over the last couple of years you know before it was bringing in the older heads like you said cashing on a check right but with that comes ego, like you've basically just said. Now, if you bring in the younger boys, like your Thiago Almadas from South America, and you bring in these Facundo Torreses of the world, they're young. They don't really have that much of an ego. They haven't done anything in the game. They can't say anything, you know, realistically. They still are earning their stripes in that sense. And like, I think, and then like the thing, like the positive for the club at that point is if they do do well there, then they sell them for an X amount of money. Where, like, if the old guy comes in and does well, yes, great. But they ain't getting anything from. Like, they're just getting, you know, it's great. Ticket they're sales. winning games, maybe. Yeah, ticket sales, whatever. But, like, they're not getting, like, a 20 million pound for an Armada, you know? And I think that type of model, like, how they've maybe gone towards bringing the younger guys, let them come through, give them a platform, and then then see them kick on rather than bringing in the old. Like, they're still doing the old guy thing. It's always going to happen. All the guys are going to want to come and live in the U.S. You know, it's just, it just that's just the way it falls. That'll be hard to like shake out, I think. But yeah, you're right. They've probably got the balance a lot better, you know, over the last couple of years than previously. Bernadeski. To be honest, <laughs> uh, last yeah. thing I well, want to yeah. say. It's still working on it. <laughs> last thing I want to say about LAFC, about the value of talent and who I think has massive talent. I'm just uh, freaking massive talent, and I, I would love him to show more. First of all, it's Bogush, but the other one is Eddie Segura. Man, if that man gets mm. fit again, they are in trouble because he's then the best centre-back in the league. He was so good two years ago and uh, in this one season. Unbelievable. I'm just so sad what happened to him. I'm, I'm waiting on the Super for two years now already, so as well. Uh, so please, my man, stay fit and show what you're able to do. And uh, yeah, you're certainly better than Aaron Long. Even if Whoa! Long had his... What did his, I do to you? I, I have... Brother, bro, I have both. I have both. The, the best case scenario would be if we play Long and Segura. But I think uh, Chirundolo loves Murillo. So he's not yeah, going to bench Murillo. He loves Murillo. Man, he... Play back five. Yeah, maybe. Don't you and sit you got Atuesta back. And they got Atuesta back. 
Yes. Do we? But he, he didn't play at Palmeiras. Or he did. He was like a rotation one start, one not. But Atuesta is not a bad player. I agree. Do, does anybody have a hot take on Corey Baird at Cincy? Because he it's sucks. Corey Baird season. He He's, sucks. Yeah, agree. Stay away. Yeah, like, he won the Open Cup with Houston. He just won a trophy. Don't. don't yeah. With Hector Herrera. Come on. Bad, Jorge. Bad. He's uh, a winner. Um, Can we talk <laughs> about Cincinnati as a whole for a second? Because I'm, Red I, I'm a little worried about this team. Like losing Brandon Vasquez, I think, matters more than people think. Um, I've watched Lujo Acosta for years, like going back to the DC United days. Um, and I just, this screams to me a classic Lucho Acosta team where it's just him having the ball and doing a lot of crazy things to like get people open. And then people just can't do anything with it. Uh, there's no one to get on the end of his crosses. There's no one that like, he needs you to move in a certain way to like play those little one twos that he likes to do. Um, and I just, I can see, especially if Barrial ends up leaving over the summer, I could see this like just completely falling apart. Um, I mean, I, I am a fan of their defensive like prowess as long as they still have Nuobodo, um, and they have Matt Miazga. Um, like they've got Salentano, who I think is a, it's solid. I don't think he's anything great, but I think he's a solid, um, MLS level keeper. Um, so like defensively, they'll probably still be okay. So they'll probably still make the playoffs, but like, I just, they won't have that. Like the thing that made them special last year was the attack. It was like impossible to defend them. Um, but do they have a, they DT just don't see open? that. Do they still have a, well, they signed Bupenza. So I don't know if he took, I mean, they signed him last year, so he couldn't have took yeah. Vasquez's spot. Um, no, but, but he like, wasn't I'm, last year as well. I think, I think it's him. Yeah. I think it's him and Lucho. Lucho and then yeah. it, was they Vasquez, have one open. Was Vasquez a one DP? Open. He must have been, no? He was, he was. Vasquez was a DP. I think he signed a, a DP extraction. He was. And uh, they've got Miles Robinson, lads. Let's not forget. But he's not a DP. Miles, Miles Robinson, Robinson is true. No, I know, I know, I know. But true. And they got Luca Orleano. Orle- he's going to get, he's going to be pretty good, to be honest. Um, he's he's a worse Barreal, but still very good for the league. But he's worse than Barreal. For the right for the right side, right? Ilzi I, Chris, I I have to agree and disagree with you. In my opinion, I watched every single freaking Cincinnati game there was last year. I watched. I know what Lucho is capable of doing and what he did last year. I think Brandon Vasquez was not Lucho was especially in the second part of the season was more linking up with Bupenza. The only one I'm a bit worried that Brandon Vasquez left is is the scores of Barreal. Because he was very good with Brandon Vasquez, and he was the guy who always basically yeah. crossed, crossed into Brandon Vasquez. Yeah. Lucho never really crossed the best with Brandon Vasquez anymore. He he always goes for the dribble or then the long pass to Bupenza. At least that what it seems in the last two two third of the season. Uh, but Barreal, if could his scores could really take a dip in a way without Brandon Vasquez. There's still the possibility now that we have Miles Robinson, Matt Miazga, and Hagalund or Murphy. Let's see who's going to play of those two. Um, that Barrel is going to have the corner. So there's going to still be a lot of uh, of headers from the corners because those three are freaking huge. So they're going to bang in some headers, yeah. especially Matt Miazga. And uh, yeah, so he's still going to have the assists, but he probably will have less because Brandon Vasquez is not there and he was 
very crucial for the left side with uh, with Barreal. Um, but Barreal, as Chris said, is going to move most likely in the summer anyways. Let's hope he's not making a Brenner where he just plays three day, three games and then he's he signed for Udine and then uh, no. he doesn't play for the rest of the of the of the time until he goes to Italy or Spain or whatever. So let's hope that's not going to be the case. But Barreal is a massive talent. I love Barreal. He's a, such a hardworking footballer, uh, such good mentality. Very very happy that he got this hype and uh, that he's probably going to earn his move to Europe because I think he deserves it. What I'm excited to see a bit more of this year from Cincinnati is uh, Angulo. I think he has good bases. Let's see how um, he's going to be utilized because they signed this Czech guy. I thought Angulo would have been a starter before they signed this Czech guy. Well, I don't know his name. What's the name of the Czech guy they signed from Sparta Prague? Uh, Slavia Prague, sorry. Um, I don't know. But he's... They, they signed him, so he's going to play next to Vododo. That's going to be a sick, sick center midfield. And then Lucho on the 10. I think since he's still a good team, I don't think they're going to win the MLS Cup because, as we said, bad is just not it. But if they have a DP spot open in the summer, they could get actually a decent striker. And then we could have a completely different discussion again. So uh, in Vododo is actually their third DP, yeah. oddly enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. which so That makes sense. Which I mean, he changed their team, so hey, why not, right? You're gonna make well, that DP good. money. You're gonna he's you're good gonna come in and do what it is. Um, I think they're gonna have to have a more more elite defense than they did last year. They're gonna basically have to be Nashville and like fine. beat people on the counter attack with just Hani Mukhtar type of a type of an offensive game plan. It's like, or maybe I mean set pieces to be fair too. So potentially they can come up with some set piece goals, but like. I don't know. I just don't. I don't see it. I don't like Pupenza that much. Um, I don't see. It. I think Brandon Vasquez is huge. Pupenza is not bad. He's uh, he has his days though. He has his days. Let me, let me, let me pivot a little bit to some so rare because there there's a lot of questions and I I don't know. I was fine and now I'm stuck. <laughs> Where are you? Where are you guys as far as your gallery and focusing up on the MLS? Like, how are you going to attack the MLS? I don't know, Harry or Fedo, like, which one do you want to go first? But how are you going to attack the summer? Because as of right now, it looks like MLS is going to be top dog in the summer and all eyes are going to be here. So that should technically pump our bags, right? Yeah, you'd hope so. But the issue is, well, not an issue, but like the, with the new update, you can only win cards that are like playing, you know? Which is not an issue when everything's playing. When you know next next week, you know you can use MLS cards. Well, in, let's just say from March, April first, you will be able to you know win. You can play MLS cards in Challenger, and you can win cards from Europe, which is like a nice feature for MLS six yes. weeks. Yeah, right, for yeah. six weeks because obviously Europe's done then after May, right? So for a bit, and then obviously we'll, we'll get it back in August. So yeah, I mean, like you said, but you they, can play they the, are the only. Right, yeah, you can play all star, of course, but that that goes for every card right now. So like, that doesn't make MLS unique in any way. I wouldn't say, um, but the fact that yeah, you could you could go into Challenger and like, are they going to be the first in season new mints? If that makes sense, like as a re like as a league in that Challengers, they'll be the first new in season cards. I assume, right? They'd have to be right because yeah, Mexico's already in, so they won't get another one. Argentina, no, but they're not won't. even in there. 
Like, oh yeah, and they're not even. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so Brazil, Brazil do, but I don't know whether like. Do, like what happens with that Fed? Like the Palmeiras cars now, are they in season? No, they're, but they're, they're technically they're not. But they probably want to do an update. They have to because they they're not saying anything because they're thinking about it. But technically, okay. if you read the FIQ and everything, and uh, they're not in season, but I think they're gonna give them in season status for some time, so at least something mm-hmm. like that because they auctioned them so late for example river they auctioned in november so right. um and in in that's they only had like three game weeks left of the actual in season then so that's a that would be a joke and uh, i think people would get mad so they have to think about something mm-hmm. but uh, they, they will find a solution um they they have this new system now we have to adapt and or we die in a way but um <laughs> it, i think I'm with Horkhead. It's going to be fun. I always love the summer period because it's just the J League and the American leagues playing. It's one of my most favorite part in, in and in Euros Europe. and Copa. And, yeah, and Euros and Copa. But the Euros, I think that's a big deal like this year. Like you're going to still have your Mbappe's playing, you know? Yeah, but, yeah, but they won't be in the, Euros... in the division though, will they? They would be in special be weeklies. Special weeklies. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. They will be in special weeklies, but to be honest, I agree. Mbappe is gonna still score like crazy. <laughs> but I think the like I, in general, I think national team cards, especially if they play in the Euros or the Copa when they're not playing against Liechtenstein or San Marino, they don't tend to score that great as they do in uh, in at their own clubs. Uh, so yeah, if you have true. a good, if you have a good. Um, Let's uh, let's say Dallas Tech and they win 4-0 at home against um let's say Charlotte. I love go to South to Triple B. <laughs> shout, uh, out to and, B. <laughs> shout out to Triple B. Shout out to Triple B. 4-0 to Charlotte. Uh then I think you have a really decent chance that you could win something if you if you if you hit the right players. Or Orlando uh winning 3-0 against um, Washington DC, that's Everybody. gonna happen. Uh, or or everybody as Jorge. All right, love. the Wi-Fi needs but... to go out again. <laughs> so I'm I'm interested in your in your kind of how you're going to handle the multi-entry. Are you guys going to go like? Are you guys going to play one lineup off another? So like for example, if Seattle is playing LAFC and you have a Seattle stack and an LAFC stack, you put both in the same thing and say like one of these two stacks is probably going to do well because like somebody's got to win the game, um, or I guess I mean it could be a draw and you're just screwed both ways. Like, are you are you thinking about one lineup as you're setting the second and third lineup, um, or are you just like this is the lineup that I would set and then I'm just starting over from scratch. This is the lineup that I would set and then I'm starting over from scratch. This is the lineup I would set, or like does it yeah. does it not like you not thought about it? I think they're all like mutually exclusive in a weird way. Like, just make that first lineup as fucking good as it can be, you know. And then, then you go on to your, you know. And then if you've got cards left over, they go into that second lineup. But it's all about getting that first lineup as good as it can be, you know, as polished as it can be. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's better and have it's better to win one reward from three lineups than it is to win, you know, none from three. Obviously, right. So if you just if you're just doing three average lineups across, you know, if you're like thinking about the second lineup while still building the first, you're like, you know, you're, you're taking away from that first one in, in whatever way, right? So it's like I, I think you've just got to like dis- just forget that you've got a second and third to come. You know, go 
what is the best five I can get into this lineup right now? What is the best captain? And let, and let sort of numbers just take care of themselves and variants and whatever, right? And then you go, okay, well, what have I got to deal with for the second one? I, I get what you're saying with the, the whole like fixtures and stuff. And yeah, there's definitely something to that. There's definitely like people will do that. I'm not saying that won't work. There'll definitely be merit in that. Um, but like, I, I, yeah, the, the multi-entry thing does play like a big sort of part in, yeah, how, how Sora just changed for us, hasn't it really? Like it's, before it was like, yeah, you could just have, you know, MLS. one MLS team. But now it's like, you can have three. And actually mm-hmm. you could have three fucking really good ones. Yeah. You need 15 good cards. Like if you want to be like winning things every single weekend or putting yourself in the position to do that, you need 15 really good cards at a minimum. That's that's mm-hmm. before I've said anyone's got an injury, <laughs> anyone's suspended, you know, like that's before any of the fucking negative stuff comes in. Like you've got to be, I'm not saying you need three. I think two's fine probably if you can get 10 really good cards in. As well. One is fine one. as long as the one's like good, you know? Yes, if one is very. It, it depends. Depends. I think it can also be one could be mediocre, and if you rock, if you rock that in Division Four, I think it's good enough. If you that's a good point. Win, that's a good point. If you win, if you win Division Four, you still win a star. I think so. That's uh, that's great. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, yeah. unfortunately, you go up for one game week, but then you go down again if you if you make it extra shitty in a way. But. Um, <laughs> It's hard. I, uh, I would, me personally, I never play. <laughs> I never play teams that play against each other in the same team. Never. Even if it sometimes would have been the better idea because I have uh, Charles Hill and, uh, and uh, Buanga, but I never do that. I just can't do this. It can't get over my head. So <laughs> um, normally I would have done that. The one I would have played in America and the other one I would have played in all-star or in cap whatever something like that and probably it's going to be the same still for me so then he one is going to play in the division two and the other one is going to play division three and the the last one is going to play in division five basically for me but it's it's going to be very interesting to see because we don't know what's going to happen because we never had this game mechanism in the game yet and it's just going to see it's going to be just curious how people are gonna decide where to what prioritize and it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting especially for example if you have like a, a very i give you an example if you have a if you are in division one but you have a um you have a new york city stack and they play against uh, into miami so and but you also have a division three stack and a division four stack what are you gonna play in Division One? Basically, normally you would have played the New York City FC stack, but mm-hmm. uh, now you're gonna play the, the one based on the matchup, and uh, it's gonna be. Or if you a just must. have one, or it's it's gonna be very interesting to see. Sorry, and uh, it, sometimes probably it's gonna be even beneficial to regress than to progress because then you can go back to division two rock that because you see in division one there's too many psu fans and whatever that take away your take away your prices always too many psu fans (laughs) (laughs) and that take away basically your your pride and glory and uh, you rather stay in division two where you play against the other against me or against chris's you know (laughs) what i mean so you rather do that I think Sora have kind of come out and said, though, haven't they, that like the incentive won't be there to move down, to per stay se, down. you know? Yeah, like 
And I don't know how that will work because, like Feta said, you can win from the graphics we've seen. You can win stars from Division Four, Three, you know, Two, and obviously One. Best prizes on paper should be in One, but how are they? I know they're saying like the boxes are going to have better probabilities, but that doesn't feel like enough of a like a reason for me to not like not do what Feta just said. Like I don't right. obviously I yeah. care, but like percentages, like when we're talking like if we're going from fifteen to twenty percent of getting a tier three or whatever, it's like that's not enough for me to not want to, you know, move down and like strategically put myself in a better position maybe next week or whatever. It's like I don't know, I really worry or, or yeah, I'm just really curious to see how they're gonna do that. Do they know? Who knows? I mean, it's gonna be interesting when yeah, April first comes. I almost want them to do like like divisions instead of like weekly, like do it monthly, right? So like almost mm. like the long form. And and I just kind of thought about this as you were talking, like take the long form concept, right? Where they, you were accumulating points like by week. So then do that. So like at the beginning of January, you have the entire month to accumulate as much points as possible per lineup. And then at the end of that month, if you're in the top half, you move up. If you're in the bottom half, you move down. Or if you're in some percentage, you stay the same. So then you kind of do it like that, where you're like, you have multiple chances to score the highest over multiple weeks and then depending on where you sit on that leaderboard at the end of the month mm-hmm. is then where you move up and down because this whole like one week here one week no like yeah, there's no yeah. like there's not enough stability for it to not break at some point right like it's almost like you're there's too many variables for too it fluid to, like, isn't it works seamlessly the way yeah. you want I'm, it there's to. gonna be a week where i'm gonna have two random dnps that like i just had no idea about it's not that you just suck it's just immediately get relegated like mm, yeah. that's that yeah. doesn't seem do that, do is like that why fun. they go, well, you've got three lineups. So tough luck, Chris. You've got two DMPs in one lineup, but you do have another two that maybe moved up or, you know, whatever it is. And there's bye weeks in the MLS this year. The thing is, it could be a bit too complicated. And that would not be good for users, especially for new users. So I'm, I'm agreeing with Jorge. I think a monthly a, a monthly ELO ranking should de- determine where which yeah. ranking basically is going to play for the next month. Division 1, Division 3, Division 4, something like that. But the more we think about it, the more I understand that we became FIFA because it's the same with the weekend league that you then uh, uh, get Elite 1 or Elite 2 or whatever or Gold 1, basically. And uh, based on that, you get your rewards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but that's exactly skill based like that. though. Like you, you play and you end up being and like the whole thing where it's like, oh, well, like I get too high and then I play PSU and so I don't like that. It's like because that's where you're skilled at. And like, yeah. guess what? We all like to think that we're the best at this game. We're gonna podium every week, but we're not. I don't. There's like always gonna be like people that. better than you. So you're eventually gonna hit that ceiling where you're like, mm-hmm. wow, I can't go much further. I keep losing when I get to a certain levels. Like, yeah, because that's where your skill is, buddy. Like, sorry, it's not as high as you thought it was, but. That's yeah. kind of where yeah, you but, go. But Sora needs to still, those people, smoothen them up because if not, they get frustrated and they leave yeah. the game. That, that's not uh, that's not uh, optimal for Sora. So they need to find a sweet spot where they give them something back. So I'm curious to see how that's going to turn out, to be honest. Uh, before we go back to this conversation, I just have one big question to my man, Chris, because I know he's a, he was a big believer of this guy. And yeah. he's an ex-Washington DC player. So what's gonna happen with Moses Neyman? Oh, what, a boy. what a man! My guy. <laughs> um, We're gonna be it for an hour. Let's go. <laughs> last, last I heard, he's at RSL, right? Buried yes. in their organization somewhere. Um, so I think he's he's very technical. He's got a lot of skill. At least when he was at TC, he wasn't big enough. He was just getting bodied off the ball way too easily. And I mean, it it it. 
it's possible with a lot of these younger kids to where like their body just doesn't grow the way that you think it's going to grow. Like, and it's just a physical like limitation. It's possible that that could just be his, his thing. Or I think he's 18, maybe 19 now. I think he's, but I think he's still 18. I think he's um, 18 yet still. Yes. And he could just like, he could just be a little he's bit of a late 20, boomer, by the way. He's 20. <laughs> yeah. November ah, 5th, wild. 2003. That's wild. That means Paredes is 21. That's crazy. Um, so, yeah. So, he could just be a little bit of a late bloomer, like add a little mm-hmm. bit more bulk, and then he's still the technical player, and then he could just kind of shoot up. But, like, this is the problem with kind of hyping these these kids. Like, you can say, like, this guy has so much talent, but, like, everybody develops differently. And, like, yeah. some people just never develop things that you think that should be, like, everybody should develop. Um so, I mean, that's why there's such a big, like, miss rate on some of these guys. And that's why you, you have to always, you know, kind of be careful with it. Um, so, yeah, I haven't watched him play a game since he left D.C. to go to Europe. I haven't seen him, you know, in the RSL, the depths of RSL. Um, but I still I still love him. So, I hope he, I hope he eventually comes good or at least has a solid career for himself because he had so much hype at D.C., Man, he he has the same physique as Diego Luna, and he's he's a baller, you know. So he should be. Uh, Lu- should be Luna's got that Mexican in him. Come on, man! Like you got that dog in him. Yeah, like I've played against those type of players. Like you, like they they're different. They're like low center of gravity is something that you can't even unless you've played against them. Right? It's the weirdest thing ever. Like they're yeah. so fast and nimble and strong in every movement. It's a different thing. Like. He's and nowhere he near was, as small as Luna. Like Neyman wasn't ever fast either. He was never. He was. Right, yeah. He was always like a better passer. He was more Jack McGlynn esque than yeah, Diego well, Luna. Uh, yeah, quite silky, right? but he's not like dynamic. Right. He could, you know, he's not he could pick a pass. Everywhere. Even at DC, he could pick a pass. Like when he right. was 16 years old and playing yeah, in yeah. the DC first team, like some of the passes he made were incredible. He mm. just couldn't hold on to the ball when he was getting pressed. So it was like that's kind and, of a kind of a yeah. thing you have to do when you play center mid. And modern football, like everyone's an athlete these days. Like it's right. just a, it's a fact, man. Like it's so so cutthroat at those levels, anyways, as though in those ages. But like like you said, yeah, he can do all the passing stuff at sixteen. Great, and it, it looks amazing if you're in a good team or whatever, good players to pass to. But once it breaks down, and like you said, once there is players pressing you, once there's people up your bum and you can't really you can't move them because you're not very strong. Like you know, you you got to get that John McGinn in, you know? Yeah. Like it, not everyone's got the John McGinn in them, so it's like. And and uh, let's not forget confidence is a thing too, like motivation slash confidence. I mean, we talk about Insignia. We all know Insignia's talent, but like he played terrible too, you know? Yeah, so like some of these guys, yeah. sometimes it just takes like the right situation. And, and RSL brings these kids along. So that's why I hoped he would do well at RSL. It's not encouraging that he's been there over a year and I still haven't heard his name yet. Um, weird, but, but um yeah, I still hope, like I said, I still hope the best for him. And hopefully, if he can get that confidence back and get back to what he was at DC with a little bit more physical ability, um, he could still be a very good player. He could still be a very solid professional for a long time. Yeah, 100%. The issue is that when you're really young at 16, you've got no fear. There's no fear in a 16-year-old yeah. Moses Nyman, right? And then you get... Him, do whatever you want, mate. And then once you're not and playing you for hit. three, you're 20 years old, things start going downhill, unfortunately, Jim. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> hey, just got to throw it up there. Things are starting to get a little spicy here in a second. It's, it's, it's funny that you... Uh, That's the, the next USL call thing, later. Like, 
and I know Harry, you recently did like a U23 like episode talking about like MLS Wonder Kids and stuff. It's like, is there anybody here that's gonna talk me off the Diego Luna bandwagon? Because like I'm no. on it. And like I'm on way on it. And like they firmly I, on I, it. I need to know that like I'm not crazy and like I should stay on it and like I'm not overreacting because I don't know, like watching him like with the men's national team and watching what he did there, like the way that he literally just showed up and he was like act like you've been there bro like he just showed mm. up like nothing and then just like what he did with rsl like i i'm i'm, I'm high on i've, I've got a bit of a backstory for him if you want to listen to this one this is a good one yeah, go for so it. my friend one of my best friends from college just got a job with the barcelona residential academy right in arizona and um he did like a placement over the last two summers and diego luna came from that so like you had players like mm-hmm. who is the um Who's the right uh, back? Uh, Bro- Brooklyn Reigns came from that. Yeah, too. Brooklyn Reigns is one. So that's why I have his card, as you might see in my gallery, right? So he's in there. Obviously, I had Luna, but um, you had um, Julian Araujo came from there as well, obviously, mm-hmm. Barca or whatever. And um, yeah, the coaches there apparently were saying like this Luna kid, like they've never seen anything like it. Like he's just like, a like there's just nothing they've ever seen at that age. Like he was a man, you know, even though he's short, he was like sort of built like a man you know, that way, width-wise rather than height-wise, <laughs> at, at like 14, you know? Tattoos on his neck, and they were like, "What? The, where's this kid come from? <laughs> Obviously, sold him to RSL and stuff, and he was playing in the Monarchs Sold him to El Paso. Right. El Paso, okay. he, right. he went to the USL, yeah. played a full season, For the got Monarchs, full right? professional minutes. Yeah. Uh, El Paso is the... Locomotives. Locomotives, thank uh, you. I, okay. should, I should probably know that. Um, yeah, he went to El Paso for an entire season, and then El Paso sold him to RSL. Right, um, got you. And and actually, going along with that, the new kid coming from the USL, uh, who uh-huh. also went to RSL, Fidel Barajas, the young player of the year in the USL, um, lots of comparisons to Diego Luna himself, and he'll be on the same team as Diego Luna. Um, and a, Tom Bogert mentions him in, in his uh, under you know under twenties to watch video, which is highly recommended. Um, and he says there's some is people that think he's... no, it's on YouTube. <laughs> Is it because he's, he's got his YouTube now. channel? Ah, yeah, he does. True, but uh, L- listen it, to this I, though. Let, let me let me finish the story. Right, Barcelona, like actual Barcelona, were asking for him on trial. But yeah, basically, there was a little thing where like they didn't think he was like like big enough. Basically, like I know that's some, well, he's just not very tall. Like that's just mm-hmm. a fact, right? But yeah, you know, five foot six guy would never work at Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, never. Unless you're left-footed, you know. It, it Unless just you're work. Argentine. <laughs> yeah. So, like, apparently it, it didn't go through in the end, and he didn't end up going on trial there. And then that's when he went to, like, played in the USL and whatever and kind of kicked on. But there was, there was obviously, because it's a, you know, a, a, sat- a satellite academy, they're going to yeah. send players over there and it happens. But it didn't actually go through with him, I'm sure. And it was, yeah, it, it was <laughs> sort of like a bit of controversy around it and stuff. And it's worked out for him. Like, he's still got, he's got a platform, I think, this year. Like, yeah, this is probably his breakout year, if we're being honest. Like, everyone's going to know about him. But on the negative side of that, I sold his jersey mint, lads. <laughs> Can I just add? <laughs> I won his jersey mint last year, 26 to 26. Wow. Yeah. And then I, in the summer, this past summer, I traded him away because I needed a, a goalkeeper at the time. And he was part of a trade, basically. So, yeah, gutted. Um, but, yeah. And I actually had, I brought another one in and then sold that one. Don't ask me <laughs> what is going on. Yeah, I swear. I replaced the jersey mint with like a normal mint. And then I'm now lunarless. So, I'll probably go out and buy one, maybe. Um, I'm lunarless. Yeah, I'm lunarless. That's a nice. Uh, ba- Basil has one. I'm gonna get one off Basil. Uh oh. 
Uh oh, Basel's, Basel's on, I'm going on to. <laughs> I'm gonna be faster, brother. Let's go. It's a racing to get there first. It's four. Sorry, I bought mine a few weeks ago, so uh, randomly gets nine offers in the space of ten seconds. <laughs> what can I? Hey, what draws can market, I get rid of? Baby. Um, we're we're at an hour. I know Fedo has some plans. Um, no, no, I'm fine. We're, we're good. We're good. We're good. Still. Okay, we're gonna be here for two hours then. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to I wanted to go around and ask each one of you where what you think you're going to do between the split contest because we're going to have the classics we're going to have the new seasons. Obviously, we're all going to be enticed by new seasons. Not everybody might have the budget for that. Some do, some don't. Some might be moving stuff now to prepare for that. How are you guys going to attack that? And kind of what's your strategy behind that? Are you going to focus on classic to move up or uh, what? What are, what are you thinking right now? Okay, go I I go first. Um... So basically, um, I have some targets still that need to get in. Basically, I said if I want to have those guys, I'm going to buy them in season. I'm going to wait for them to become in season, basically, so I then can play them in the in season tournaments. But my my big goal is basically, or my my strategy at the moment is go big in the classics and uh, then just win those cards in season. Keep the ones I would love to keep because I know who's good and who's not good in a way. And then play them basically. I'm I'm not there to sell those cards, but uh, my dream would be like if I could at least from the rewards build two in season comps for each um for each like uh, region. Are they regions now? What are they? Sections, uh, sections yeah. or tiers, tiers, tiers for, for each tier basically. So uh, that would be great if it goes to if it goes well. Like last year, I had like. I want like a, a Costa. Uh, in, I would have won an Lucho Acosta in season and a Wanda in season and all mm. that. So that, that could have been a. That's not the worst. So my goal is basically to to replicate that, hopefully, and then uh, play with the guys I actually win the in season tournament. That's that's my my goal, and not sell any of those, but just play the in season then. But again, I have some some cards that need to get in if i don't get like a super good deal on the old cards i will i will wait for them and get the in season ones for example steph fry super i want the steph fry super probably gonna get Ooh. the in season one or uh yeah so that's a big that, purchase yeah he's so cheap well nowadays. not these days not these days. Oh, that's, not true. These days. Uh, that's yeah. true well a big purchase and for the price of however long you're gonna for have sure. them for yeah. which is unknown at this point no, he signed yeah. two years, so I have it for two years for sure, and I'm fine with that. Let's see in two years if we still play Sora. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, we don't talk about that. Harry, what about what about you? Yeah, so I've done a bit of pivoting um in, in the in the rare scarcity recently. New season uh, La Liga cards, a couple of little like Las Palmas collections, Girona. Sort of, I won a Savio a few months ago, so I've added to that. Got a Garcia in, and kind of just bolstered out what I could do in in La Liga, knowing that that's going to have its own competition from August onwards. Um, and obviously we'll have in season Champ. Um, but yeah, I needed I needed a lot more exposure to Champ. I think. I have like some nice pieces in Vinny, Rodrigo. Like I have like good guys, but obviously they're still under 23. But I thought, you know what? Let me do something where if I don't fancy playing those guys in under 23 for whatever reason, they can go in champ, but they have like a good um, foundation in there. So like that Las Palmas defensive stack won me Luis Diaz last weekend. So like I literally bought them the week before that, scored 420 points. And I finished like 23rd. And that was like 
obviously super lucky, like getting like instant success with it. This week they just lost four 0 to Atletico Madrid. Like <laughs> it's not going to happen every week, you know. But you know, I played them. I knew that was not, you know, I didn't know four 0 was going to happen. But you could kind of guess something like that was going to happen. I've also pivoted into Premier League in season as well. Uh, brought in a few Brighton cards. I already had Bart out of season, so I've just kind of got steel in. So I've got a handcuff there. Doesn't really make any much difference because no one knows who's going to play ever. It's, it's a toss up. So I'm basically playing like two in season Prem teams, and one's going to have a goalie, and one is not. It's just it's just <laughs> how it's going to roll for me, right? Uh, over these next fourteen game weeks, and then yeah, under twenty threes. Obviously, I, I will. I'm obviously still going to try. Well, I am going to play under twenty three. That's not going to change. <laughs> I'm only going to be able to have one team in Super A and Rare like I do now, I guess. I just won't have the Rare Pro up until August. But obviously, after August, we can have three teams. I'm not going to have three Super Rares. But I'll definitely try and have three Rares at that point. Um, but yeah, I've got, you know, I've, I've got like a Brady. Like I can still play the MLS. I can't play it to the degree where I think I can go and, and compete in, in Challenger Classic, if I'm being honest. Like I have like, you know your Forsbergs. Like I have a couple of good outfielders, but I don't have like an elite goalie on paper, you know, unless, unless Brady's popping out nineties every week, which <laughs> isn't going to happen. I can tell you that for free. So <laughs> yikes. <laughs> so he's going to be limited to under 23 and, and maybe cap modes. And yeah, I'm, st- I'm still happy to, to play the threshold and stuff and aim for that 340 a lot of the time. And especially in rare, like I used to have, I used to have the same amount of super rares and I did rares and now it's gone like to three to one ratio. So I have like 150 rares, say 50, uh, 50 supers. So I'm a bit more, you know, thick over there. And I think like, you need that yeah. <laughs> if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be doing 340, yeah. I need those DMPs and like L15 to 20s and 30s. You're gonna need to do it because otherwise it's just it's just gonna become really hard for you to to make a good yield. And I think you know Led spoke about it quite well a few few days ago on one of his podcasts. Just like now that we don't have the threshold in the old form where like that fifty dollars slash two hundred bucks at super rare was like the cash generating element of my gallery of most people's mm-hmm. galleries um, as well as you know other comps. But that was like a like a, a thing that you could be like, okay, let me secure the threshold every week, and what can I win cards wise? Now it's forced everyone to pivot into other comps, i.e., Premier League in season. It will be you know Champion season, Challenger in season, you know Contender in season uh, when all those cards all you know come out because yeah, they're going to be the cash generating um, you know elements of the game. I'm not saying it's all about that, but like if you've got a decent sized gallery, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not aiming for cash. You're just being stupid, basically. I think. Like you've okay, winning cards will still be great, and if you can sell them on, which you know is the theory, I think that makes sense. But if you have the ability to do it, I think like limit, limit, limiting yourself to just winning, trying to win cards, you're not really maximizing what you could be doing. You know, you're not squeezing everything out of that. What are we gonna so, call it? A lemon so... lime? <laughs> it's lemon lime. Orange. <laughs> Orange juice. So are you? Are you? You have your, you know, your Girona stack or your Los Palmas stack or whatever. Mm-hmm. Are you selling that on in August and picking up uh, the same stack for the new season? No, no, I'll keep them. I'll keep them. Are you? Um, are you selling anything from your gallery and like basically picking up the exact same thing in the new season cards so you can play the new season competition? No, no, I, no, no, I won't be. But like, I'll have that. So obviously, I've got in-season prem comp now for X amount of weeks um threshold i'm just talking about the cash generators now and then you know from we'll have like seven weeks worth of champion season if that makes sense so like i can mm-hmm. put i can put out a full in-season la liga team in champ i know we're not having la liga or bundesliga specific until august at that point they won't be in season obviously like you're alluding to so exactly. yeah no I, i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sell them and go again i, th- I think you just you're just diluting like 
like if I buy if I sell a Savio and you know Alessi Garcia, and then I could try and buy them both or yeah, try and buy them in the new season. I can guarantee you, I ain't gonna get them for the same price. Obviously, no, it's so gonna one be... of them is it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be like a crazy. But how much multiple. more could like, you win? I, I'm thinking like 40, 50 percent higher at least. Yeah, I think. He, well, we've seen it with Rodri now. Rodri's literally double the price, new card to old card. So it's like we're gonna see that across the board. Some cards. Some Premier League cards, Limited's gone berserk. I don't even know, like, I don't even want to get into, like, those multiples. They've been crazy. But, like, the rares alone, like, some cards are 3-4x. Like, yeah. Pablo Sarabia was selling for, like, 15 quid a couple of days ago. His in-season's, like, 45. So, yeah. like, I don't think we'll see that 3x on, like, a Rodri type of, like, amount of money. It, it, it kind of, you know, it's easier to do those right. multiples lower down, you know, the amount that that card's worth. But, um, yeah, we're going to see crazy multiples, I think. Two, two to 5x, I would say. Two yeah. to four X being I, I think that's that's what I'm banking on is two to five X and I'm gonna basically not I'm probably not gonna play limited any, though, any right? new season. Two to five yeah. X in limited though. It's not gonna be five X in rare. <laughs> At like lower levels, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'll be anywhere near like it, the higher you go price wise, like I think it's obviously like you said, it's gonna drop. But like I don't think I'm playing any new season, or at least not intentionally playing any new season. I think I'm almost using the the old season competitions as a way to win new season cards and then sell them on. And then, you know, just kind of have my gallery and, and play new season cards. And is that going to maximize the highest, you know, return or whatever? I highly doubt it. But I'm, I'm more focused on, I think, like the collection side and getting a high bonus and having those cards for like multiple years. Whereas if you try to play new season, you're always going to have at the end of the year, you're always going to have a 5% card that's really kind of worthless um, as far as playing the old season competition. Um, so, like, having the OG old season card, I think, gives you a little bit of an advantage there to try to win the new season cards. And then selling those to kind of fund. If if I do go into, like, a new season competition, um, it'll be off the back of, you know, having won a couple new season cards sold a couple other new season cards and then kind of building a stack of, of new season cards from there. But um, yeah, I, I think I'm almost, I'm almost viewing the new threshold as winning these like cards that are two and five X with the actual price that I should be paying is, if that makes sense. I, I agree with you, but I, I disagree with you like that. You shouldn't like, I think everybody that can should aim for those in season things just that because can. it's, that can basically mm-hmm. um because it's it's crazy how much money is in those competitions like right first but of that all yeah drives the value of the new season card yeah, yeah i understand 100 but bro yeah. like um i think if you win one of those i think you get like three thousand like there's not a single um there's not a single competition where you can win three thousand uh dollars at the moment even if you win global all-star plus and you win mbappe that's not three thousand dollars and especially that's three thousand dollars on the hand without having to sell mbappe or whatever uh, um so that's first of all crazy and then people also forget you're not going to play against three season worth of mbappes but you're only only playing against one True. season worth of mbappe so it's gonna be easier to win this division that's fair than 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 the classical one yeah not no New- no no because you can play a, you you can play an old season mbappe in there so i'm not yeah, buying but that still, but people but are gonna still. use it on goalkeeper though 
Yeah, most people. No, you're gonna goalkeepers are, most goalkeepers are gonna card. bottom. Yeah, right? yeah. You you play your most expensive card. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna play Mbappe's for sure. Yeah. Okay, but then you're gonna play. But, but you're only you're... playing one Mbappe. You're not playing an exactly. Mbappe hollow wow. stack. It depends, you know? doesn't it? Depends if someone has three. <laughs> well, no, but I'm there's saying, gonna like, be people with three. Oh, right. Per, well. per lineup, like now I can stack Fair, Mbappe yes. Hollands. Like I can exactly. just put up five five cards together that are just unbeatable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas now you can only do one. Which right. I it, it does lower the amount of like big cards. Now obviously Mbappe is a bad example, but like if you have Mbappe and Vinny, you can't mm -hmm. play them both. You know what I mean? Right. So In it lowers the Vinny at yes. least. Yes. You have to have the new Vinny at least or the new of Mbappe. Course. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, so no, that... don't get me wrong. But the issue is like Chris said, those cards, those new in-season cards are going to come with a massive premium because of that. You know, that's going right. to be priced in, baby. Don't you worry about it. So, for can sure, I tell but you if that... you win, like, how much is Vinny now? 600 pounds? So that's probably going to pay for winning 900 pounds for the new one, probably. 900, 950, something like that, yeah? So if, if you win, you still make three Vinnies. And you still have your old-season Vinny. Your new right. getting that new goalie, getting a new goalie isn't easy. Winning the new goalie isn't easy, guys. <laughs> right, and that's money. Man, you get that's goalies now as tier threes. That's the hardest. That's the hardest part. <laughs> yeah, but, but they not, ain't gonna win. But you, not they ain't goalies gonna win that are winning. Things. Yeah, yeah like, no, it depends. It depends. Goalies uh, can always have a shitty again. Super easy. Depends on the game we play. Goalie, of course. Like, but you're not like, gonna play if, a dud with Mbappe, are you? Come on, like it's just not. Those of us without talent, depends. like me, of of setting lineups. Um, we need actual good cards. <laughs> I I can't pick a matchup to save my life. I need someone like Mbappe. But that but that's the Doesn't thing though. Like week. everybody now needs good for example, cards, right? For example, Thunderford considered against fucking Mollenbeck. Nobody yeah, would have ever every game. Every yeah, game. against Mollenbeck. <laughs> Mollenbeck, you don't need to concede against Mollenbeck. Same shit goes with Diego Costa. Sometimes sometimes he concedes against uh... it's not his fault. You you have a of look course. in the last he hasn't had a clean sheet. For eight games, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, because Genk is shit. That's true. <laughs> right. Eight games he hasn't had a clean sheet for. He saved a penalty in that time, but no clean sheet. But let's clean. let's be real. Uh, let's be honest. Um, normally you would think. Normally against Molenbeek, you can. You would not play Thunderford normally because you know he's shit at keeping clean sheet at the moment. But against Molenbeek, you would have played him in a way. You know. Right. So, so then you have you couldn't, even, you couldn't even play him in a, with Mbappe. I'm sorry, he doesn't fit. In U23, he does. No, he, Mbappe's, Mbappe's not, not in U23, U23 baby. Yeah, 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 next year, you will be able. Next okay, year, you will be able to play Van because you'll be at Leipzig. You'll be at Leipzig. So yeah, true. Wonderful. Let's see that because. Uh, but yeah, they don't keep clean sheets either, baby. Yeah. So. <laughs> at least like, he's a champion card then. Right. Neither do any of my goalkeepers. Van der Voort's an interesting one. Like, that's a good card to buy into in a weird way if Leipzig are good next year because, like, he's moving yes. from challengers to champ and he's under 23. There's definitely something to, like... Man, Josh Sargent... Uh, Chris is going to be happy to hear that. Josh Sargent is completely on fire since coming back from injury. He's that's banging true, goals yeah. left and right, like, for real. Arsenal are 4-0 up, by the way, guys. Can I just add? <laughs> 65th so... minute. This game week is high scoring, basically. I think it's, it's toast, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it was I toast Friday night. PSV. Yeah, PSV toasted us big time. You wonder who didn't back Yoko at a zero? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was that was tough to see. Um, 
let me let me tell you guys what I think is going to happen and tell me if there's mm-hmm. some merit, right? Because because this is how I see everything playing out where I'm like, I think that there's too much like uncertainty and too many people kind of just like sitting on their hands right now, which is great, right? Like you should take time to develop a strategy, like figure out what you want to do. But the longer that that happens, everything is going to start to bottleneck because everyone's going to want to buy the same players at the same time and it's not going to go very well. And then take this where, look, everyone is mentally prepared for to pay a premium for these new season cards, right? But no one really knows to the extent that that premium is actually going to go, especially the beginning, because like this is a hard reset. Everything that we knew before just does not completely matter. Like everything is starting from scratch. So you're telling me that people are going to go, they're going to be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to buy a new season. They're just going to astronomically go and they're going to like, whoa, I can't do that. And they're going to pivot right back to classic causing the same thing again because everyone's going to stumble over each other to completely try to get the same cards again because they were like oh wait i'm not ready for this i can't compete i need to go compete Mm. and if you can play that right to the point where you prepare for classic now do that hope that everything does go to where they come back you sell into that yeah and and then then now you can afford new season yeah 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 that could be yeah that that's definitely um yeah, there's merit in that. I think, yeah, th- there is definitely that element to it will will happen. I think the biggest thing is, I think people have mentioned it already, though, is I know it's easier said than done, but like keeping a bank balance. It's hard. It's hard. But, and then but... how is that going to happen when MLS cash, you know, well, tournaments start? Right. And they're like, there's all this cash. I'm not doing anything. It's going into there. I yeah. So like, that's the thing. MLS is in a li- nice position, right? Because like... Well, for so rare, because those new in-season cards are the first of their kind outside of the Premier League. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? So, like, they're going to see the first rise of... They're going to be the only contender, no, challenger in-season cards uh, for a point, you know? So, like... And we're all DGENs. And we're all DGENs. So, there's going to be a crazy FOMO, you know, sort of premium on that. Them being their only thing, like, the only ones out. That might die down after, like, you know, we have the... You know, August comes around and there's new in-season European cards to get our hands into, you know, and stuff. So, like, but I think the MLS could see, like, crazy rises to where we're a bit like, hang on a minute, like you just said, Jorge, like, I'm not buying heel for a grand if he's 300 quid over there. Like, I can't do that 700-pound jump. Never mind, like, okay, yeah, I might win three grand or whatever, but, like, but they have said as well on a, on a bit of a tangent, like, um, there's, like, going to be, like, these special weeklies and stuff where, like, there's, like, MLS tournaments there's rumors of like monthly MLS ones, maybe like you mentioned with the whole leaderboard. Not, you know, I've just heard that thing discussed in right. sort of just as an idea thrown out into the ether. And like, that could be fun. Like they've mentioned J-League as well. That's cool So, you know, fun. yeah, like a 50K J-League tourney, a 50K US, um, MLS or maybe 100K each, whatever it is, over a month incentivizes you to buy three, four new new season cards. And you're locked in, you know, you're kind of locked in for that month. And it's not game be game week by game week, you know, with the divisions. There's some there's some cool things they can do for sure. It'll so be, I think eventually, eventually, this is going to equal out to how much realistically can I win in one season with a current season card, right? That sets the price of the current season, and then from there it kind of trickles backwards. Um, to the current season cards, right? There'll be some sort of a premium, but I don't think we know the current season card price until we figure out what the new season card price is going to be. 
We don't know that until we figure out how hard or easy it is to actually win real cash. So if, if you're looking at it from a, like, I'm going to buy this stack for current season to win cash, yeah. you got to see how much is that actually going to return, and that's going to set your price. And then everything else flows from there. So, yeah, to Hori's point, it is going to flow that way naturally. <laughs> so if you're ready for the back half of that flow, it, it could be beneficial. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you saw it because like I play I play Rainmakers pretty heavy, right? And not to be like so we're copy and pasted their homework, but they almost every new thing that they've implemented, they took from Rain Rainmakers. Really? So I've done this for a year already. I played old season to win new season to win cash. I did wow. it for a year. I'll tell you right now, my biggest mistake is not selling those new cards that I dude, I was winning like four or five cards a week. Because yeah. another thing. Because the cash incentivizes people so much, the competition in the old season, I could be, I could win with my eyes closed. Like it's, it's so like cards are cheaper. Like the cards aren't like the prices are never going to go up, but the competition is just not as heavy because everyone's so focused on cash that you can really clean up. And like, so the, the idea, the, the prime idea, and like the thing that I'm thinking of is go hard in classic very early on. Try because everybody's going to be focused on cash, right? So that first two, three weeks, people are going to be underexposed anyway. So right now you have a chance to win big. And then when you do early on, you immediately sell into the crazy pump prices of new cards because more than likely the card's not even going to be useful for your strategy anyway. So you pump into that and then you just wait for the dust to settle and then you just pick up everyone's bits and pieces. And like, Mm -hmm. there is a way to do it. It's going to be a little weird, but everybody's mentality is going to have to shift and it's going to take some time. Cause yeah, my get my rainmakers gallery is like three, four times the size, but I didn't sell any of it. So right now it's kind of worthless. Uh, but if I would have sold into it, I would have done really well for myself. So I think there's a lot of like the look left when people look right. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit more to it because at the end of the day, like people were like, Oh, I already have classic cards. They're not going to do anything. They're going to leave them. They're going to be like, I'll just see what I can win with that. And if you actually take the time to focus on those competitions, I think there's like really an opportunity to set yourself apart and uh, win big. So there's my rant. No, it makes sense. Uh, I, the only the only pushback I have like is how do we combat the 400 Vanikins in Challenger? Like, there's going to be 400 or however many Vanikins is on on the platform right now. They're all going to play. We can do it with Kimmich as well if you want. It's a bit different with him because he can play in the Bundesliga tournament. So let's just do it with Challenger for now. Like, name your best Eredivisie, name your best, you know, Belgium League player. Every single one of those cards of that player will be in Classic. Obviously, right. there's going to be some in-season because, like we said, you'll play your most expensive in there yeah, as well yeah. if, you're, if you're playing that competition. But if you're not, every like, what do you do to, like, distinguish yourself? I think, you know, there's going to be, like, some massive cards, but multiples of those cards in there. And I know we have it now, but it's more it's because now we have the cap modes and we have the regions and we have the all-star. We don't have any all-star. So outside of yeah. under 23, you can't play. You know, Vanikins won't be going into all-star because that, that won't exist in August. So like, you know, all, 300 Vanikins are going to be chilling in Challenger or the Challenger region, basically. And it's just like, it's going to be tough. If he gets 100 the one week, you can just forget it if you're not in that 300, you know, cohort. Yeah. But look, but look at it this way. Out of those 300 Vanikins, mm-hmm. how many of those lineups are throwaways? Because no priority is going to those because they're focused on the cash. Like, after you're, like, building out your lineups, like, you're 
the classics almost like they end up being an afterthought because especially as you start getting more and more new season, you don't even care yeah. about that. You're just focused on cash. So if right. you really focus on those and prioritize those competitions and find your edge and find the plays and find like the actual like pristine, like perfect SO5 lineup that week, you win rewards. And like, it's not even, you don't have to win every week because these cards are gonna be selling at a premium. You don't necessarily have to top to still be able to like get a nice early return is like mm-hmm. the way it is. Like if you really focus up and cause like you got to think about it. Like it, it all sounds like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to do it. But like Fado said it before, like you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not focusing up on that cash. Yeah. And most people will do that. And I think for the people that maybe anti do that, like, sure, maybe I won't make as much, but I'll still do really well for myself uh, mm-hmm. without as much stress, at least easier than it is right now to win. Cause it's been hard. I, I think yeah. there is a good point that Harry makes though, about now this is not just a champ America. This is, going to introduce like the psv stack this is going to introduce you know back in the day the zenit stack that was ridiculously unbeatable um you're gonna have some of these teams that are just way better than other teams that they're playing against especially on specific game weeks um and you're gonna have to face you know the philly nycfc game where they're both equally balanced and right that's why we love the league to like bring it back to what we started at yeah um you're 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 not gonna have that mismatch, which is where you really get those hundreds and those you know consistent. Yeah, but you, you say the same sports. thing. I mean, what's a weekend when the Kansas City Chiefs are playing the freaking Bears and Philly are playing some other like crappy team? Like it's still lopsided anyway. So technically, those stacks should still smash, but it just it just doesn't always work like that, you know. Like it, it's fun to think that like yeah, if I stick these five yeah, best players, but in, in the in, they're all the, gonna smash perfectly, and in everyone the NFL, is gonna it's have only... the exact same lineup. In the NFL, it's only two games, three games. So, like, you can have the random, like, the Chiefs are just... Yeah, but I'm saying in soccer, there's 50 leagues that are like that, right? I mean, sure. Maybe not 50. But, like, there's at least 15 games each weekend that are just complete mismatches, right? Whereas there's probably one, two NFL games a week that are mismatches. Like, you, you play that stack. But if that for some reason doesn't hit, it's not like there's another game that is going to hit. Like one of the fifteen is gonna hit. It just it happens. Agreed. Fair. It's but gonna be yeah. interesting to see because they're also gonna be divided to the divisions. We have five divisions. divisions so, is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, it's, yeah. Um so like you might not even again. find those Vanikins in division five, you know. That's the <laughs> exactly. thing. Like, that's true. If he mm-hmm. if he's the best card in that region, you're not going to play him in your rubbish lineup, really, on paper. Yes. <laughs> Let's just hope. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, you know the incentives and whatever. So, like, you know, maybe you don't even have to worry about him. That that that's the ideal world for the scenario. Uh, the ideal, yeah, scenario for Sora is that like all these smasher cards are somehow not involved with like the Spread lowest out. players on the yeah yeah lowest players in the divisions as far as. Like D5 players shouldn't need to worry about 100 from Vanekin, maybe. Like, if do you get what I'm saying? Like, that needs to be like not a thought for them, potentially. Somehow. Yeah, but they need to, <laughs> they need to tweak, they need to tweak the classic competitions every season as well and make mm-hmm. them better in a way. Because if they don't, in five years, they're going to be unplayable. Because, like, right. this supply of all the five years has been there. And then you seriously don't have a chance. You know what I mean? So they they have to revise them every single season again. Uh, if not, it's gonna it's gonna collapse again in itself, like stagnant and stale, kind of like it exactly, was. Exactly, yeah. Hmm. So get ready for another reset in a few years. 
<laughs> Maximize this one now and get ready for the hard reset. You play five-year-old <laughs> cards to win four-year-old cards to win three-year-old cards <laughs> to win two-year-old cards. Yeah, it's gonna be Arsenal, great. Arsenal five nil, guys. Holy it's done. smokes, Lord! We're done. Well, good thing, good thing MLS starts next week. Yep, <laughs> I'll start setting lineups for next week. Oh man, dude, this hey, has been Messi's incredible. back this midweek. By the way, he Messi is, is back. Diego Luna versus yeah, Leon Messi. yeah, but he's not the which He'll ask for a shirt, won't he? Surely. Yeah, Messi will definitely ask for Luna's shirt. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll give you one guess. Who has just scored for Arsenal without knowing or without looking? I bet you none of you get it. Martinelli. Is he um, no. Saliba. Their center back. No. That's really good. No. The least informed Arsenal player, SO5-wise, ever. I don't know. Come on. I, I don't give too much attention. He's your nationality, <laughs> Feder. He's your nationality. Then Kai Havertz. Kai Havertz. Yes. No. No worst, no worst If player. Kai Havertz is scoring, we've got problems. I've felt the Kai Havertz pain, okay? <laughs> this was like prime Kai Havertz debauchery. And, and if you can get the assister, I'll give you a $5 limited card. To Probably Toussaint. Come on, Google. No, he's off. Come on, chat. <laughs> Who's getting the $5 limited <laughs> Chat, come on! <laughs> There's no, you, you, they'll probably know. But no. oh yeah, they're they're all they're all watching. They're not watching. They're this. on it. They're on it. It's Jacob Kivio. What a random assist! Kivio, Kivio, yeah, yeah the left back, the Polish guy. No, he's a centre back, I think, but he plays left back. He is, but he plays left back. Left footed to left footed, Havertz to or Kivio to to Havertz. Man, like Man Premier like League, Liga, I really don't care about. <laughs> Yeah, it's an MLS thing. It's an MLS thing, man. Like, why yeah. watch the Prem when you can just watch the MLS? Fuck the Prem. Fuck the Prem. <laughs> yeah. No, I really sincerely, I, I some some games are really good that I have to watch, but like in general, man, I hate that league. It's just money, nothing all. Yeah. Destroyed football, Chelsea by the way. That league destroyed football. <laughs> that's a, that's a conversation for another podcast. <laughs> MLS is bringing it back. MLS right. is actually bringing it back. Through football. <laughs> Hey, we have problem is, own football now. America the problem is, football now. it's going to be very hard this year to watch MLS because I'm moving back to Germany and then the Titan difference is really shitty. So the MLS <laughs> game started at two o'clock in the morning. I, I probably won't catch many of those then. Aren't they, don't they, aren't they starting at different times this year? Yeah, they're playing like yeah. some afternoon games and stuff. Especially Actually, the messy ones, probably, right? <laughs> yeah. If I remember correctly, this Saturday, the first game is like Atlanta Columbus at like 3 p.m., which is oh, going to be yeah. a banger. That's a banger. That is a Replay banger that playoff game. series, baby. I think it's it's LAFC, uh, LAFC Seattle at 10 p.m., like 10 p.m. Our, our, our time as well. So that's great. So yeah, I can watch it at 10. Weekend. Yes. First weekend. Love it. But uh, dude, we're an hour and a half. This has been fantastic. Is there anything else you guys want to cover? Anything you guys feel like you need to let out before we get out of here? Or uh, I think I think we covered a lot. Let's bring it back. Let's <laughs> close. Roll Let's close, baby. <laughs> roll it, close, baby. Brother. Thank you so much for everybody <laughs> being here. You all know who you are. Go listen to Value of Talent. They are great. They are smart. They will, we will have them back. Again, true MLS sickos under 23s. Uh, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much, guys. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Get those notifications rolling because MLS is starting. And that means we have a mm -hmm. lot of surprises coming for you. Just saying. Mm -hmm. Ciao.